Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 105 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram. How everything built in Buffalo is giving you every single day Bills content, the best kind of content on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts, of course. I am Mac. He is Tony. Tony, what is going on tonight? And a, a, the Bills are good. A, a, widely understood. A, a, Hey, Kyle Brandt is one of us. Wolf Blitzer is one of us. Not just fans new on the bus trying to get to Bill's Drive. Wags might join Britney's High. Maybe we finally arrive. Man, what's good? Witty Nation, let me hear ya. Wow, a little Alanis. You think Morissette? they're streaming in their cars? It is. She <laughs> yes. lights up a room. Yes, I think they have their lighters on and they're waving them back and forth in the air. That's what I'm saying. And they're going. Then they're going. Ah! When I call them out, was, it, was that Alanis Morissette? That wasn't like Alanis Morissette. That wasn't I thought Alanis it was. Morissette. Was it? No, it wasn't. Was it? What if God was one of us? That was a song, right? Yes. No, that wasn't Alanis Morissette. It sounds like Joan it Osborne. Be yeah, Joan Osborne. That's right. Wow, it's amazing Joan. because even even like some of the YouTube videos say it's Alanis Morissette. Oh, really? But, yeah, <laughs> you think but it would be. I reckon you're. Yeah, you would think it would be. You know what's wild about Alanis Morissette? Remember when she was dating Ryan Reynolds? Isn't that weird? Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that is weird. That was weird. Seemed like such weird. a weird pairing because he was incredible. He was weird, the yeah. up and coming star on Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place, and she was a mm-hmm. grungy, moody Canadian, I guess, rock singer. Yeah, that sounds fair. Uh huh. Hey, opposites attract. Let <laughs> those kids be wild, Tony. Mm, I'll wait for Blake Lively to come along. <laughs> Good call there, Tony. Just like the Alanis Morissette Ryan Reynolds relationship. I got to say, what up with that? And that is our new segment this week. New season, of course, Witty Nation. And we'll get into Bill's talk. We got a lot of Bill's talk to get into this Monday night home opener against the Titans. A complete demolishing of Tennessee. But let's start off with our new segment. Hit the new segment alert sound. What's up with that? We're calling this one. What up with that? What up with that? What's up? 
Inspired by one of my favorite SNL skits. What up with that with Keenan Thompson? I feel a little bit of pressure that I have to do the running man during the duration of this segment. (laughs) Uh, I think you need to. Tony, of course, this segment, it is about all the things we cannot believe that are going on in the sports world. The weird, the wacky, the maybe gross and depraved (laughs) things out of the ordinary. Things that make us say, what up with that? Tony, would you like to do the honors this week? Kick us off. All right. What's up with that? I can't believe Bobby Hart has only punched one coach in his duration here. I can't believe Bobby Hart's a bad person like that. <laughs> okay. But in all the years we've known Bobby Hart, it took him this long to punch someone and flip out? That doesn't seem right. What's up with that? What's up with that? Uh, apparently the story that? was... We, we don't know the whole story, but the rumor is Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans spat, spit, spitted, spit on, spit on Bobby Hart. And uh, Bobby Hart wants to take a swing and missed Jeffrey Simmons, hit a Titans coach, and is now suspended for a game. You know, I, I guess I can't blame Bobby Hart in that scenario. If a, if a guy tried to spit on me, I, that would be the, the right reaction to. But not me. Like. I'd probably laugh at him and be like, what the heck are you doing? Who spits on someone? <laughs> like, what kind of below-level notion is that of spitting on someone? That would that'd be my stance, but not Bobby Hart. Not the man who has a history of being a bad person. No, he's going to he's gonna fight. He's going to throw some fisticuffs. So, Bobby Hart, what up with that? Does this sway your Bobby Hart scale a little bit? I know he's, like, as low as low can be in terms of how much you like Bobby Hart, but... The fact that he's willing to fight for the Buffalo Bills, the respect of the Buffalo Bills, is this moved the needle even in a, a, an inch for you? I mean, I have the perception of Bobby Hart that he's basically ready to spit and punch everyone and anyone anywhere he goes. So <laughs> this moves the needle for me in the sense that it's only confirmation that this is what would set him off, but I guess I see what you're saying on the other, on the flip side of it. I see what you're saying in the sense that yeah, let's, you, I, I would have, I would have anticipated that he would have done it for less. <laughs> yes, uh, I think we all would have. But in the end result is a game without Bobby Hart, and that, that's a win scenario to me. Either well, way, <laughs> he's defending himself, defending his organization, and you get a game without him, like a win-win scenario in my books. In mine as well. Depending on what happens, I'm assuming someone comes up from the squad. Yeah, depending be, on what happens. Yeah, exactly. Will it be Tenuta? Is it Tenuta time? I don't know. Oh, we lost. We lost Tenuta. Oh, that's right. We did. Yeah, Dang, he's gone. We lost he gone. Tenuta. That's right. He gone. Yeah, what's up with that? What's up with that? Who picks up Luke Tenuta with my first entry into what up with that? Uh, the Cleveland Browns, and more specifically. The Cleveland Browns fans, just all of them, Mm -hmm. way to show your true colors, which are the ugliest brown and orange I've ever seen, Cleveland Browns fans. Where do I even begin, Tony? Do I begin with the tailgate massage table that had a sign that said happy endings aren't illegal? Do I move to the two fans at the game last week that had... Deshaun Watson jerseys, but instead of Watson on the back, one said rubbing and one said tugging. Or do I go with the fan that threw a bottle 
at the owner of the Cleveland Browns as he's leaving the stadium after the <laughs> loss to the Jets. Cleveland Browns fans, I did feel sorry for you because you live in Cleveland this whole time, but not anymore. Oh. No, the, the sorry is out the window, into the river, through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No more sorries for you Cleveland Brown fans. You're showing your true colors this week, and all I have to say is, what up with that? What's up with that? These Browns fans, you know, I wonder, is this how it looks? Because really, you just named, what, like 10 people? And that's representative yeah. of not only the whole fan base, I would argue all of Northeastern Ohio. And I blame one single situation. Ever since they got a raise in Canes in Cleveland, the whole thing has been unraveled. They got spoiled. They got complacent because now they have raisin canes whenever they want. And now anything goes. When are we going to get a raisin cane? Thank you. That's what I've been trying to say. I, I would say that if that's not another secondary or even primary mission of this podcast, then I don't know what the hell we're doing here. You get a raisin canes to Buffalo? Yeah, that's right. Listeners, we're announcing right now we are starting a Kickstarter. We'll, we'll be like the Green Bay Packers of raising. Like, we'll just have like 50,000 owners of our Raising Canes franchise. That I think that's the play. There's enough people out the there play. who have had Raising Canes in Western New York that are like, yeah, we need this here. If you can have a, a piece of the ownership as well, that's as sure a thing as I've ever seen. We need to get a Raising Canes. That is our new mission. This podcast started with a mission of where in the world is Kendall Gaskins? We need to find him. We accomplished that mission. We're on to a new mission now of getting Raising Canes to Western New York. Tony, we're one for one. Our ratio is perfect. It's a perfect ratio. Our record is impeccable. We are going to mm. make this happen. I love it. Now, no, I would say I go on the Raising Canes franchise site probably twice a year. And the past several times that I've been on, it says we are not expanding. We are not opening new franchises. We will be the reason that Canes opens up. Mr. Yes. Kane tear down this metaphorical wall on franchises. We're bringing we one in. Chick-fil-A better get, watch their to backs. To get some cane sauce. <laughs> Tony, what's your second what up with that? My second what up with that, I don't know if you've seen this. You've seen what's this? Up Have with, you heard about this? What's up with Trey Lance's hospital attire? Have you seen the picture of Trey Lance in his hospital bed after surgery? No. Is it the same attire he wears to the strip club? <laughs> oh! Are you talking about the hoodie? I'm talking about two things. So, so you see him in his hospital bed. He's giving peace. Yep. The hoodie is the first. The first thing I noticed is that who has surgery is in the hospital bed recovering and somehow has a hoodie with the hood up. What yeah. is going on? Where is his paper gown? That's the hospital attire. He just had major surgery. He's out for the year. Where the hell did this hoodie come from? Wait, hospital the- gowns are not what's hot in the streets. Okay. Just FYI. Well, He's not supposed to be hot in the streets. He's supposed to be recovering in the sheets. And this is insane to me. recovered in the sheets with Colin Cowher's daughter. I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. This is a hot show. This is a hot show. (laughs) The show is red hot. Bring in the heat tonight. Bring in the heat tonight. Now, let me direct you off this hoodie, which I'm still like, how the hell did you get this hoodie in recovering from surgery? What is going on here? Right. Check out the They're Not Windows above hit the head of his bed you might be led to believe those are small windows they're not those are those are pieces of paper with the cloud print background of the paper that are in the insert as you zoom in you find oh it's just those like wall mount plastic paper holders 
and they put in there the cloudy sky stationary to make it seem like windows. You can also tell as soon as you realize that, you can also tell clearly there is a real window to the left of the camera. <laughs> right. Like based on where the light is. But where they're the trying to from, dupe yeah. us. Yeah, they're trying to dupe us with this cloud stationary that is symmetrically above his bed as though it's meant to be two windows, even in a door, meant to be two windows, possibly in a door, but it's not a door and they're not windows. What is this hospital? (laughs) What's up with that? What's up with that? Trey Lance has had quite the career so far in his one plus years in the NFL. We'll never know. We'll never know if he's the next Josh Allen. Actually, nobody's going to be the next Josh Allen because Josh Allen is one of a kind, that's for sure. Tony, my second what up with that. I'm going with the less funny Manning. I know you have a beef. I'm going to go with my what up with that. Eli Manning dressing up as Penn State walk-on Chad Powers. Mm-hmm. When when did Eli Manning become funny? Peyton's a funny one, and Eli's like the dry one that plays off of Peyton. Now, Eli Manning did host SNL back in the day and was was mildly good. Not as good as Peyton, but he was good. I'll give him that. My my beef with this, my problem with this is Jared Goff did the same exact thing like four years ago. Mm. And had no viralness to it whatsoever. But Eli Manning does it. And now he's got a T-shirt. They're talking about a Ted Lasso-like show with this Chad Powers character. Oh, my God. Eli Manning. Yeah. Why, why didn't Jared Goff get his due? Is he too white? Is that the Yeah, it just bugs me because I don't think Eli Manning's that funny. And I don't think Eli Manning's a, a good quarterback. He does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That's my hot take. But we, we've seen this before. We've seen it with Sudeikis and Ted Lasso. We've seen it with Jared Goff doing the same exact thing. We see players dress up and pretend they're a college recruit or walking onto the high school team again and schooling people. Eli Manning. Be original. What up with that? What's up with that? I would say I appreciate it. I like it. I thought it was more reminiscent of the recent comedic work of Case Keenum. Like that's immediately where my mind went. I thought he had like that level of overplayed costume goofiness that Case Keenum had. Now you brought up something that made me think of uh, a conversation that I'm going to not rehash, but we talked about this in the off season. And I'm going to re-ask it now in the context of where we stand right now, the Bills in the zeitgeist. And maybe you know what I'm going to ask. Just give me a quick yes or no. No explanation, just yes or no. Will Josh Allen ever host SNL? Yes. Wow. Was that your answer before? I don't think it was. It wasn't. No, I've changed my tune. Yeah. I think I'm changing my tune too. I think someday we will see that happen as well. Yeah. You know what it is? It's the commercials. I see. Oh, you think? Okay. Yeah. Now that he's in more commercials, I I could see him. It feels like it's a more comfortable fit or a comfortable match that he can can host SNL now. Okay. Because he's very good in those commercials. He is. I think the the Bills social media team has done an incredible job of making these players' personalities come out. Like they just posted Mm -hmm. that video of them doing like what seemed like a high five, and then they kind of lock hands with the player right i thought that was, i thought that was really good i thought um, it was a great great segment too it was a great bit yeah so i think they've they've done really well in terms of bringing the personality out of these players not that they weren't charismatic as it is but 
just their their comedic side. Kudos to the the Bills social media team. If I could see Josh Allen in a Peyton Manning like United Way commercial, a spoof commercial, that would be comedy gold. Yeah, I would enjoy that too. As long as it's not an insurance commercial, I'll take Josh. That's right. I'll take Josh uh, advertising anything but insurance. Tony, did you have any more? Uh, yeah, I got one. I was. What up with that? What up with the ESPN hyping up their coverage of Pinto Ron's must catch up and mustard bath? So much so that it was the teaser before the bump, or it was the bump. I don't know my terms anymore. It was what was teased before the commercial. And right. there's a graphic about it. And then they get to it and they cover it. None of the people on the broadcast team knew what this was. And we're all like. <laughs> and they kind of and they and crapped like, on it. This is what this is? Yeah, they totally <laughs> crapped on it. There was no kind of about it. They're just. And I think the one person said, this is the most repulsive thing I've ever seen. It was a direct quote. Bugger, we're not preparing these broadcasters that. for anything. I think he did. I think Booger, you know, if, if Booger says it's disgusting, then it's a whole new level of disgusting. Yeah, I mean, his for name a guy is whose name is Booger, literally Booger, right? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be pretty, yeah, pretty gross. I, I kind of found it funny because they have this man who is degrading himself on national television in front of millions and millions of watchers. I think it was Stevie Johnson this week. He's part of doing the uh, ketchup mustard. Whatever they did, yeah, I didn't that. know that. Okay, I thought it was Stevie, but I could be wrong. But to have this band just have the commentators just crap on the whole ceremony itself was I, I found some comedy in it. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, I did too. From the out, as someone who's like on the outside looking in on this thing, I found it funny, but really, there's only one reaction that one can have to, to that scenario, and it's just that you got to say. What's up with that? Tony, my final one. I've been wondering about this for a week and a half now. What's up with that? And that's Tom Brady's face. The (laughs) man is deteriorating before our eyes. I put on Twitter, Tom Brady's press conference now versus Tom Brady's press conference in five years. And he uh, is Michael Jackson from South Park melting. Because that's what it seems like we're getting to. Like every time the man is in front of a camera, his cheekbones become more skeletor like emphasized. Yeah, like skeletor like. I, I don't know. It, it's almost like if a Madame Tussauds wax figure like came alive. That's that's what Tom Brady is looking like. And whatever rumors are going on with him and his personal life off the field, we're not here to comment on those. But the man is melting and deteriorating before our eyes. And As a guy who tortured the team I cheer for for so long, I'm all for it, honestly. (laughs) I think Tom Brady's kind of an a-hole. And by kind, I mean a lot of a-hole. He's a known cheater. He's a known cheater, not a good person. So any ill coming his way is, uh, uh, I'm going to pile on Tedfold. What is up with Tom Brady's face, Tony? He's got a lot of shit going on. That's what I understand. But I mean, in so many ways, you look at this guy and I'm just like, uh, even in a game, it's like, oh, this is what Tom Brady looks like. And then you're like, well, I mean, I guess he's an athlete and he's going through this whole physical experience, but he knows he's going to be on TV. Clean it up. Clean it up. If you're a spokesperson for Uggs, you got to come clean, Tom Brady. And you can't can't come like like that. Yeah. You can't be looking like Daniel Stern when he gets shocked in Home Alone. Well... It's it's trending that way. 
It really is, right? She's got a lot of shit going on. What, what can I say? Also, like during that press conference where I was like, man, he looks weird. He was wearing a hoodie that said forever and that just bugged the crap out of me. I'm like, just go away. Just retire. It's a classic case of an athlete just cannot get away from the sport. I read an article way back when about Ichiro Suzuki from the Seattle Mariners and how like he just can't mentally stop playing baseball. It's what he's mm. done his whole whole life since he was five years old at a high level, and he just can't get away from the game. That's why I kind of feel like Tom Brady. Just like he's forever. He's not going to end his career until an injury happens or he literally like can't stand or his arm falls off. There's going to be need to be something drastic for Tom Brady to, to call it quits. So, well, maybe major face surgery. Is that something drastic? <laughs> Possibly. You know what else? I have a question of what up with that. The bills and their juggernaut of a two weeks here <laughs> because mm-hmm. they look like the cream of the crop for the NFL. And I'm sure they have a lot of people from other the other 31 teams saying what up with that or how can we stop the bills tony you ready to get into our bills review i've never been ready for anything in my whole life wow that is that is some strong words we're gonna throw it to the man the legend present at the game mr marv levy marv take it away we'll be back after the break Go, go, Bills fight, Bills go, come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. Jesus Christ. The Bills opened up. You okay? I guess. You're just shouting in my face now. Oh my gosh. Sorry, let's start again. Oh, and no, we... I, I was faking it. Oh. I thought that was, I mean, you did shout in my face, but keep all this in. I want this. No, com- it's all gone. I think this should be just be raw, completely in there. Uh, ready? And we are back. Tony, the Bills open up the regular season against the Titans. Monday night, back in prime time. And oh, what a game it was. We will get into the ins and outs, the Jims and Joes, the X's and O's of the game in just a little bit, including your experience at the game, Tony. I was unfortunately not able to attend the game, but you were there. So can't wait for you to tell us all about the experience. But Tony, we started off the same way we start off every single week review with the So Bad It's Good review. You have your notepad ready. You have your notes. Are you ready? I have a yellow legal pad prepared and, and I can't, can't find a pen, so I'm going to do it ink. in the notes app in my phone. There you go. Good. Here we go. Cue the music. The Bills were back at the Ralph where they had Ryan Tannehill ralphing all over himself to the tune of two interceptions. Is this your king? Is he supposed to protect you? Nah, I'm your king, said Matt. Kill Mongerlano. That's a reach. As King Henry couldn't let the queen be the only royalty that was buried this week with only 25 yards on the ground. Reggie Gilliams Island took a detour from his three-hour tour with James Cook, the captain, Josh Allen, the professor, and Tyler Matikavich ginger to become a new weapon in the bills offense and greg rousseau might be saying i am groot but he had bills mafia saying he is good and stefan diggs was saying i am him with three touchdowns we have a he wolf sighting but we haven't opened up and set him free what you talking about malik willis bills had all the right different strokes to move this monday night football world bill sent mike Vrabel back to his basement where his son is probably still on the toilet shout out draft day pandemic style bills 41 Titan 7. Tony, that's the review. Whipped it up real quick for you. Matt, that was one of the best reviews in the history wow. of this program. 
clutch clutch performance <laughs> nothing was left with too much or not enough between its setup and its satisfaction in the reference that was made from I'm glad you liked it from what you're talking about Malik Willis to saying different strokes from Reggie Gilliam's Island and breaking it down of the different characters on Gilligan's Island. Jeff's kiss on this one. <laughs> I will say I have two sort of questions. One is a real question. One is a, a rhetorical question? question. Okay. Rhetorical <laughs> question. The rhetorical question okay. is, how have you not used the Ralph and Ralphing all over before? Seems like it would be overused by now, but I've never heard it. And my real question is, I don't know what you're, I mean, I've seen draft day. I don't know what the hell you're talking about with this Rabel on the toilet. No, the, uh, the draft where they had to do it virtual, the famous scene, uh, Mike Vrabel's war room, if you will, the Titans war room where, uh, it was like a Harlem shake video in Mike Vrabel's house where he had like his son dressed up as Frozone, And there was another one with like a weird mullet. And there was just a guy in the background. I'm assuming his other son just on the toilet. Oh, I remember the remember Frozone that? thing. No, I remember this. I remember this and I remember the Frozone part and I remember them being in costumes in the Vrabel house. I, I don't remember the toilet part of it. Yeah, it's, it's a I remember subtle, Sean, uh, I remember being like background. super fascinated by Sean McDermott's house when they were showing him in the living room drafting. It's always like when you see like celebrities, you're like, oh, what's their house look like? Yeah. And Sean McDermott's it's house, a- I found, was very just i don't know i expected more that's all that's what i'm saying (laughs) big disappointment Uh, there's three things i remember from that draft yeah a little bit of a disappointment three things i remember from that draft rabel's war room bill belichick letting his dog draft his picks for him and the amount of Mm. m&ms throughout the weekend or skittles not sure quite what it was that roger goodell ate from his big comfy archie bunker chair um, I was waiting for you to say things. the chair. Like the chair is what I think. Yeah, of the chair is synonymous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he brought the chair back the year after and it was totally uh, cliche and overplayed and didn't go over well, I don't think. But here we are. We're not talking about the past. We're talking about the present and the future. The present and the future is this Buffalo Bills football team. Tony, you were at the game. Walk me through the atmosphere from start to finish. Tailgates to game time to end of game results. Was this a different level of pandemonium, I guess, with all the hype around this team, with all the preseason accolades and praise given to this team? Did you get a different <laughs> vibe at the stadium for this home opener? I would say I think every home opener is a unique vibe unto itself. Every home opener I've ever been to, and I've, and I've been to many of them at this point, is the group dynamic changes wherever you go. So if you're in the lot, the people around you are changing and there's new people who are super excited that they're like in the lot for the first time as season ticket holders. Maybe they bought their new bus for the first time. Maybe they have some new food setup that they're excited about trying or you know, they've really put in some extreme amount of effort into something. Maybe they're set up. Maybe it's what they're wearing. Maybe it's their new character. Maybe it's their yeah, new Cam Lewis maybe jersey. It's their, maybe it's their new Cam Lewis jersey as I was wearing. Maybe it's whatever. But week one at home, not this was week one, but you know, the first home, right. the first game at home, I think is very much show and tell. 
every year. It's like where new things get premiered and everyone wants to show them off to everyone else in the lot. And they think that's how they're going to make their friends. And that's kind of, I think, for better or for worse, what's become of Bill's Mafia. It's really just a game of one-upsmanship. And can you go fishing for getting the rest of the, of the squad into, into what you're doing? You know, it's very much like a high school homecoming week. It's a spirit week out there. So I would say it's all positive vibes, though, within that. Like, I, I think that drives us into a positive place. I have no criticisms of that. And so the lot, pretty solid, pretty much what I would anticipate and expect. Some people being overzealous, some people being underzealous, some people are prepared in the wrong ways, some people are not prepared at all. And the atmosphere was one of pure anticipation. The vibe was one where you could tell, I think, time was moving very fast for everyone because what was on the other side of this afternoon was going to be potentially the greatest experience of our lives. So I went in very early and I will say on the way in, to give a testament to what I was saying earlier about the vibe, on the way in, Mm -hmm. I think I interacted with and high-fived more strangers than ever before on the way in, uh, in in very business-like ways. Shaking hands, dabbing people, dabbing up strangers, dabbing up people who I kind of know, haven't seen in 10 years. But in that moment, it doesn't matter that I haven't seen you in 10 years. We are brothers. We are sisters. We are It's the Olive Garden. Um, When you're at the Ralph, your family. Yes, precisely. And then once game time hit, it becomes Chili's where business gets done. I like it. And then (laughs) after the game, it becomes Applebee's. Yeah, yes. And then after the game, it becomes Applebee's because people are those appetizers that are just going to get thrown out are getting discounted beyond belief. I thought thought you were going to say it becomes Applebee's because people are trying to beat the shit out of each other in the parking lot. That too, yes. <laughs> that too. We've all seen waiting. Um, so we get in. It's the fastest I've ever gotten into a game. I waited in virtually no line. I was really thrown off by it. I was really flabbergasted by the efficiency of me getting in. It was wild. I do my usual routine. Matt, let me take you through my routine. I beeline from the gate to the customer service table to see if they're giving anything away. They were giving something away. They, they, were, they were towels. They were one family towels. Now, let me ask you this. So as I said in a previous episode, when they were saying that the theme of the year is going to be one family and what that means to us, do you think, because it seems to me this, one family was kind of received with iffiness. I think burn it down is the theme of the year or burn it all. I mean, I think burn it all is what it is, which I think is much better. If they, if they had to do. Until people start taking it literally. Yes. Well, we'll see what happens in February. (laughs) I would say. If, if we're committing to burn it all, that is a huge upgrade that they switched in the 11th hour and they made the right call and they did the right work on that if that's the way it went down. So and the towels say burn it the, all? Nope. Towels is one family. But, okay. Big miss. But the, so yeah, big swing and a miss. So then I go up to my seats, walk by my seats, go up to the upper bathroom towers, get my mm-hmm. body prepared for the game, head back down to my seats and assess what are my neighbors like. I have returning neighbors behind me. I have returning neighbors in front of me. Both kitty corner diagonals are new people, but they seem great. And then when it really starts to heat up, Matt, I don't know to what extent they show this on television. You tell me. Was Bruce Smith's speech 
They showed a little bit of, I mean, they didn't show it live, but they showed it kind of coming back from a commercial break, like just the, the, okay. the end snippet of it. So I see. Okay. Well, however long you think the speech was, it was longer than that. Mm-hmm. It was a long speech. Bruce Smith he had no cards. It was long and it was raw and it was real and it was emotional. The families of the victims were out there, as you know, I'm sure, you know, about the community and what has taken place on and after the shooting. None of it was about football, of course. I walked away from that speech kind of saying, I'm like, this is surreal. I've seen so much in these seats. It was just so wild to me that I'm like, I just watched Bruce Smith give a speech about community recovering from gun violence in the same seats that I have watched people get married, in the same seats that I have watched Otis Day and the Knights perform, in the same seats that I have watched a giant American flag rip in two, in the same seats that I have watched the Bills in person fall from the 300 level. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. (laughs) In the same seats that I have watched the Bills put up 41 on the Tennessee Titans after losing to them in previous years. The atmosphere was electric at that point. It was unified at that point. But when it heated up, as loud as I've heard things, was when they introduced the legends of the game. Jim Kelly will lead us in shout. Now, traditionally, whoever leads us in shout ends it with, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? And right here, right now, everyone does it with them, of course. When Jim Kelly passed that mic off to Coach Marv Levy, pushing 100, giving everything he's got just to stand up. Right. Everyone lost their fucking minds, including I would too. Yes. I like I have it burned into my brain. The Jumbotron panning back, zooming back to reveal that Marv was next to Jim Kelly. It was insane. Well, I can only the, imagine. The rece- yeah, the reception that he got. And the respect and reverence shown that within eight words of everyone realizing that he had started talking to the mic, dead quiet. Dead quiet. We are listening to what Marv has to say because that's what you do. When Marv speaks, you listen to what Marv has to say. Right. Until he until he said he right here right the now. Attention and room. Yeah. Of course. Until he said right here right now, we did it with him. Cheered like crazy. Cheered the team as the intro happened. And then we got the ball. People are excited to see Josh for the first time live in some cases, or at least the first time this season live. Right. We were it, textbook in that drive. And then it was just like, we're going to take care of business in this in this deal. This is going to be... From there. It was euphoria yes. from there on in. Well, sort of. I would not say it was euphoria. Now, here's a hot take for you, Matt. Oh, okay. I would I'm say that hot. I would anticipate that the experience of the actual gameplay was better on TV. Because a lot of our drives were like under two minutes. A lot of our, uh, you know, like inner, sh- short or intermediate plays were mm-hmm. disheartening, were boring, were meh. But there were so many big plays. Second drive before half where Josh is just doing like 30-yard play, 40-yard play, bombed in the end zone, you know, whatever. Until it got stunted by all that mess of penalties and whatever, you know, at the end of it. And, and I knew... I'm like, this, this is going to ruin everything. Like, this is taking forever. It was ruining, like, a huge wave of momentum that we had had. But every single drive, every touchdown was such a big play bomb. The drive was maybe six seconds or 45 seconds or a minute and 50 seconds. And then it was immediately, almost as though they were trying, some buzzkill happened. 
the refs had to figure something out, sort something out right. for like eight minutes. Someone gets injured and like we got to sort that out. Yes. Exa- yeah. Not only were, did the refs do an incompetent job, like they were killing, killing the vibe. Then like the Dane Jackson thing happens. Like that's a huge buzzkill. So it was so full of buzzkills. And that in the, like the third quarter took even involved a lot of scoring, but like it took forever. It was insane. So in the end, looking back, you can paint, it's easy to paint it with rose colored glasses because we scored so much. There were so many amazing plays. There were so many high highs, but man, there were just some empty lows that were in there that really just, right. they really just killed it. Um, and yeah, then it was the um, worst traffic at the end. Go ahead. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'll give you a not hot take. Uh, if me at almost a third of the age of Mark Levy <laughs> struggles getting out of bed every morning, like my back hurts. I give all the kudos to Marv for not only just getting up there, being present, doing any kind of interacting with the fans, saying anything, doing anything that exerts uh, any kind of physicality. What a man. What a moment. <laughs> Marv Levy being in that stadium. I mean, he's, he's our bumper song for a reason because the man just deserves our utmost respect. He has mine. You know what's wild about Marv? is when you see him, because like, you know, obviously we're used to seeing the images of him 30 years ago. When you see him and he looks so much older and has the behavior of a man who's so much older, but then he speaks and he has the same voice. Like you think he's going to speak in like an old, <laughs> and like an right. older gravelly voice, but it's just right. the exact same voice. And he's just as eloquent as always. Like it is jarring. It's like, oh, yeah, that is, okay. that is it, weird. This is 50 year old Mars voice. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he could probably still still sing the uh go bills fight bills go on to this day i yeah. would be shocked man has crazy we good him on a cam- we should get him on a cameo to do it for us i don't even know if marv is on cameo but he's not be awesome there's no we- way he is he's not <laughs> what if he was he can't figure out the phone get you think he's doing a cameo come on now here's my proposal yeah, that, that, to you matt yeah we should see who is on cameo and get them to do the marv levy fight song <laughs> We should see that. Okay. What if it's like a random person, like Leotis McCalvin? We should get Leotis McCalvin to do the the song because that'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get Leotis or Ellis Langster to do it. Holy! Or Ellis Langster. Marv Levy is on cameo. Marv Levy is on cameo. Are you serious? I am serious. It's a little bit expensive. He's three hundred dollars. Worth it. That's a priceless cameo. <laughs> this is his cameo bio. You ready? You're trying to stretch NFL. your dollar. Marv Levy's probably not the guy to do like he's not going to give you five minutes of content he's going to give you 20 seconds and rightfully so he's 87 or he's 97 years old well the example video is 23 seconds so there you go right this is cameo profile nfl legend buffalo bills world war ii veteran wow wow is right everyone else should quit (laughs) yeah i know there's no there's no more alpha bio than that legendary coach for super bowls and war world war two veteran unbelievable yeah atmosphere on tv seemed electric the monday night crew was there highlighting bill's mafia we had the pinto ron segments i I thought bill's mafia showed showed pretty well there wasn't a lot of like debauchery on national television so good showing from bill's mafia for the home opener here play on the field though tony let's let's get right into it we're gonna start with how we usually start Bill segments with the punting. We saw Sam Martin punt for the first time this year as a Buffalo Bill. 
Tony not only did it meet my expectations, it wildly exceeded them. You thought his holding was good the week before? His punting is even better. Three punts, two muffs. I mean, is that the nickname? Is the Muff Daddy the nickname now? Ooh. We have to reconsider. I really... We have... We have Punt Santa. We have the DePunter or the DePunter, depending on how you want to go with it. Is Muff Daddy the name? So Muff Daddy. What? Muff okay, Zaddy? what's another like dad? What's another daddy nickname that I'm already familiar with? Like I feel like I we're building off a nickname that I can't put my finger on. Big Daddy, like the Ham Sandler movie. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll say we can keep <laughs> it with Muff Daddy. So anyway, Muff Daddy is actually objectively a pretty good nickname. However. Right. I really like the joke that I made about Punt Santa, so I will forever be pushing Punt Santa. <laughs> I like Punt Santa. I like Punt Santa, Santa t-shirts coming out next week, by the way. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Quick preview for the listeners. But no, like on the real, Sam Martin's punting was really good. Pinning the Titans in the 20, the few times he punted. Again, a couple muffs. Bill's got the ball back on one, didn't on the other. Didn't capitalize on that turnover, but still. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like watching the from behind view on television of his punts, they're kind of cool to see. It's not just like he kicks the ball and it goes up and comes down. Like they got some wacky curves and spin to them. And it's kind of fun. Like we had so much hype for the punter who shall not be named this summer to have that all taken away. And from a football standpoint, be like, oh, now punting's boring again. No, Sam Martin steps in and says, no, I got you, Bills Mafia. Punting's just as exciting as it would have been with the other guy. I can't say enough about how good Sam Martin was on Monday night. The guy looked good. Sam Martin is coming to town. Yeah, everything was good. Obviously, like it becomes exciting because of the must. That's obviously coincidental. But no, his punts were good. He's super good. This is the best punter we've had in, in a minute here. I... I'm glad he's on the team, and I hope I never see him punt again for the That's right the goal, reasons. Right for the yeah. right reasons, meaning not a turnover. <laughs> Let's move on to real players. I, I got to start right at the top. Josh Allen, the franchise J17, the chosen one again. Just primetime Josh just shows up and shows out. 26 for 38, 317 yards, four touchdowns. Josh Allen has complete control of this offense. No Gabe Davis this game. No problem for Josh Allen. Jake Kumaro steps in despite only two catches for 50 yards. Pretty big catches. You know, Dawson Knox, four catches, 41 yards. But it's really the connection with Stefan Diggs. That is a treat, is is something special to watch. Because Stefan Diggs, through two games now, has reestablished his place as the top receiver in this league. 12 catches this game, 140 yards, three touchdowns. I said Josh Allen was unstoppable last week. This week, it was Stefan Diggs. The young secondary of the Titans, Avery, Fairley, those guys could not do anything. Those guys, Roger McCreary, those guys could not do anything to stop Stefan Diggs. He was a man amongst boys this game, untouchable, and it showed on the stat sheet. The amount of swagger oozing from Stefan Diggs and his whole Bills team, and quite frankly, is palpable. Like it just comes through the TV. You just get so psyched that this team is so good and is so talented it's going to be tough to talk about this game because it's just like yeah they're good they play good and they don't make a lot of mistakes and there's not a lot of negative things to say so you know five minute segment we're done but 
Stefan Diggs was truly special this night. I think he's on a mission. Just the mean mugging before the game, the swagger during the game, the he it just feels like he's on a mission this year to really establish himself as the best in the game and to get the Bills over the hump in terms of winning a Super Bowl finally. So what was it like live? Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. Seeing those guys, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts live is that I think it, we love Stefan Diggs. Everything you said, I agree with. Everything you said was right. He really made the Titans that were covering him look unprofessional. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it was It was that. Now, so to what extent is that Stefan Diggs? To what extent is it that the Titans were just out of their league? Uh, at least those Titans that we were charged with covering Stefan Diggs, oh, please. Come on. Like it was that. So yeah, the connection was there. Clear as day. You wondered going into it with Gabe Davis out. Okay, so who's going to make up for Gabe Davis? Is Isaiah McKenzie going to have a huge game? That seems like it maybe wouldn't make sense. Is all of a sudden Dawson Knox going to have a huge game? Or is another tight end going to have a huge game? That seems like it would make sense. Like who's going to make up for the production or in that place or get the kind of focus that Gabe would get? Well, I would not have guessed that it was just that Stefan Diggs is going to double up, that Stefan Diggs is just going to do everybody's job. But that's what happened. And I guess that makes sense because, I mean, he's probably the first read in a lot of plays. It was probably a really good matchup in, in terms of what the Titans are bringing to the table every time. So, of course, he's going to get a, have a huge game. Of course, he's going to get in there. And, of course, for what the Titans were giving us, it's going to yield multiple touchdowns in that kind of scenario. So it looked good. They capitalized when they knew they could. There were a couple fourth down misses that I think the game didn't go us the way that it did. We'd all be looking at Dorsey as some kind of imbecile for going for for calling the plays that he did on fourth down. But you know that's the that's the nature of the game. And maybe th- some of those things were going to staff. I don't know. But that's how we look back. And really, it's a game that got away. Now, is this team showing shades of a couple of years ago? Remember a couple of years ago when like third quarter we were always like insane in the third quarter it was like statistically yeah. we were just like bonkers in the third quarter it seems right. like that that's the vibe again is this third quarter yeah, 24 this third points quarter in the third quarter yeah it's right. 24 points in the and third it, quarter this same, week yeah and the same thing happened last week so not only third quarter josh it's third quarter whole it's third everyone. quarter bill's offense like everyone yeah. gets in on the third quarter magic yeah. so uh, what i'm saying is the next week i'm not even gonna bother watching the first quarter I know the fireworks are going <laughs> to fly after halftime. Yeah, for the first two quarters. Yeah. Uh, I know the fireworks are starting at ha- after halftime. So uh, I think maybe I'll just, you know, go for a bike ride for the first little bit. And then we'll see when we'll a bike see ride, mow the lawn, Dolphin. trim the hedges. Yeah. Get some winterized. Busy work done. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing the coaching staff has done incredibly well this year is halftime adjustments. Whereas in the past, I've kind of faulted them for not making adjustments, kind of putting their head down and just charging ahead with a bad game plan, hoping it would work based on talent. I think they made really good adjustments this year so far. Uh, that's one thing I'd like to see. Did you like that Ken Dorsey was just in like effort mode where he just did passing all the time, 21 straight passing plays this game? I kind of loved it. Uh, there's a scene from a movie. There's a soccer movie called Goal. And it's about this guy in California who gets discovered and goes plays in the English Premier League, blah, blah, blah. But there's a scene where the coach is like, the, the guy is really good, talented, lots of soccer player. He's dribbling all the time. He's not passing the ball. And the coach like grabs the ball and takes him to the side and just 
says run forward and he punts the ball as far as he can and he comes says come back he does it again does it again does it again he's like the ball moves faster than you so you dribbling is ineffective we pass the ball here the ball moves like that's the scene i imagine like ken dorsey plays for this offense literally before every game because just pass the ball if it works if it's effective just keep doing it josh allen's so good stefan Diggs is so good this offensive line is holding up extremely well there's no more effective weapon than just throwing the ball almost every single play <laughs> i mean analytics would show that that is what you're supposed to do and right. i mean what is the defense giving us the defense is not giving devin singletary much the defense is giving quite a bit to the receivers, so it only makes sense to do as we did and just let the rifles trigger. How would fire, you say it? Yeah, fire trigger. Let the rifles fire. Yeah, okay. Let the rifles fire. Yeah, All that right. works. Yeah, so okay. Not a World War II veteran, Marvel. <laughs> there you go. The lack of rushing was a little surprising. If there's one knock, I got to say it's it's Ken Dorsey's play calling on short yardage situations. Anytime it is yeah. third and one, second and one, anytime there's one yard or less you need. It should be a QB sneak every time. And I know you don't want to get Josh killed and whatever. And, and you know, there's the, the big picture stuff is, is more important, keeping him healthy and not having, you know, six, 300 pound guys lay on him. But every time there is one yard to be gained, put Josh under center, not out of shotgun, under center, silent count, whatever, and let that gazelle of a human being sneeze and get a yard because that's what he can do. It's not hard. It is statistically the most successful play in the history of the NFL, the QB sneak, has the highest percentage of success. Do it with your six foot six, 260 pound quarterback because it will work 80% of the time, guaranteed. I don't know what these little screens to Jay Kumro were, these pitches. Obviously, they didn't work. Just sneak Josh Allen if it's third and one, fourth and one moving forward. Let him be him. Let Josh Cook. Let Josh be Josh. Right, Tony? Let Josh cook until you can Absolutely. let James Cook cook. Let James cook. <laughs> James Cook cook. Anything else about the offense? The only other note I had is put some respect on Reggie Gilliam's name because we finally, Tony, have a fullback that is a weapon. And if you look back at the tenure of Reggie Gilliam's appointment with this organization, you see an offense that has changed for the better. He might not have the sexy stats like he did this week with a touchdown catch on a heck of a play. It was it seemed like almost a broken play or kind of an errant pass, and he made something out of nothing, moving backwards, made a guy miss, da-da-da. But looking at holistically Reggie Gilliam and what he's done for this offense, I think the running game has drastically improved. Obviously, he's a threat in the passing game if needed or called upon. Patrick DeMarco would never, Tony. That's all I have to say. From where we were with him to where we are now with Reggie Gilliam is night and day. No more, what the hell are they doing with a, as in the Texans playoff game, with a bomb to the fullback that is never going to work in double coverage. Hey, good. If that's the play and that's the last resort, it might work. It, it had a 0% chance of working before with the old guy. It might have like a 34% chance of working now with Reggie Gilliam. And I'll take that all day. Representing for the Mac, representing for fullbacks. I've done a complete 180 since Reggie Gilliam. I I was of the mindset of 
do away with the fullback is a waste of a roster spot. It's unneeded. It doesn't give you anything to now saying this guy is a super important piece of our offense. I would say he's always been a super important piece of the offense. I, I think that Reggie Gilliam's always been the the oil that makes the engine function over here. That's, and I yeah. respected him the most when he said, and I, and I know I brought this up before, of course, that when they were like, what position do you play? Is it tight end? Is a fullback? Is a halfback? What is it? Just like athlete. And I'm like, yes, like that's, right. that's the answer. That's the kind of yeah. modern contemporary offense that I'm looking to have, that I'm looking to be watch be executed. It's just like that kind of notion that that's the kind of guy, that that's the kind of function that people would have to have in such an offense. So I think he's always looked good. I mean, I think that we're probably going overboard. Like we had a bounce where two players hit each other and then he was able to head up into the end zone and it worked out and he has great awareness. And I think he's good at his job. I think he deserves the extension that he got. I'm excited about it. Is he going to replace Kendall Gaskins as the godfather of my firstborn child? I would say there's a very good chance of that at this point. Yes. Yes, he is. Shyamalan twist. Okay. Yeah. That's how I do it. (laughs) It's a nice Shyamalan. So it was good. I respect him. I'm, I'm glad that he's getting a flash of attention, but at the same time, I hope next week there's some other player that emerges out of nowhere and gets a bunch of attention and is like, Oh, what about this guy? You know, like a lot of, a lot of pundits putting that player's name in their mouth. I'd like to see Maybe that. And I'd like Wolf? to be James Cook or he. Oh, yep. I was going to say, I'd like to be Cook or you, Wolf. you are, they're, you are I think they're so badly pining for James Cook to make an impact on this team. I kind of am. You you have talked for two straight weeks about one, how you're disappointed in James Cook and his usage and whatever. And that was probably results of fumble week one, but also like, and there's this like undertone read between the lines of like, you're just waiting for James Cook to make an impact and you think he can. I feel like being part of the fan advisory board, Tony, you know, information we don't and like, you know, James Cook is going to blow up soon and you're just preparing us. You think I have like insider knowledge, of like ins- insider knowledge, insider trading. All of a sudden, I'm, next I'm, week, I'm like, I'm not the, saying no. The, I'm not saying have no. the over on the receptions of James Cook, and I put ten thousand dollars on it. This is, right? No, that is not the situation. I, I just think that there's going to be a game plan at some point that's going to involve a lot of running back receptions in the flat and screen passes to running backs. And I think that that's James James Cook's bread and butter. And I think it could have been week one, but Zach Moss ended up kind of doing it. And he got, what, five or six receptions. That could have been James Cook. I can't wait for the next time it's going to be James Cook. And then he can navigate his way into the end zone and into the hearts of of Bill's Mafia. But, and and secondary Bill's Mafia in the media. Bill's media. Media Bill's. Bill's me. You get what I'm saying. I'm sure there's a pun in there somewhere. Could be He Wolf. Could be Quentin Morris. Yeah. Could Speaking of Reggie Gilliam, uh, the synchronicity of Reggie Gilliam and Quentin Morris oh, doing the sledgehammer yeah. celebration was, it was so in sync. It blew my mind. They've clearly been practicing that celebration after practice, right? They <laughs> it's just the they new, stay inside the field. It's, it's the new the Chandler. Sh- it's a new Scott Chandler shovel. Oh, now what I was going to say. It's the oh, new Sam Spikes. Darnold. It's- no, it's the new Sam Darnold rubbing his hand through his hair when oh, him okay. and you know what I'm talking about. Yes, that's how he got mono. Yeah, yeah, and that's how he got mono through the hair. Yes, of course, through mutual nice. hair Science. rubs, <laughs> sharing of yeah. hair rubs. Look, we've all learned a lot about epidemiology the past two years. Okay, don't come at us. 
<laughs> no more than Sam Darnold. <laughs> right. Let's move to the defense. Another great performance from this defensive line. Von Miller, not the sexy stats this week as he did week one against the Rams. But I just want to say, this is the Von Miller effect. Just having his presence is such a game-changing aspect to this defense because he demands the attention of the opposing team every single down he's in there. He demands a double team, and it allows, and this is the trickle-down effect we talked about all throughout the preseason, it allows other guys like A.J. Epinesa week one to thrive, Greg Rousseau week two to thrive. This is the Von Miller effect, and Von Miller didn't have a sack this game. He made a couple nice plays, getting in the backfield, stopping a run, interrupting a pass from Tannehill. But we saw the holistic nature of having a Von Miller on your team and what it can do for the rest of these guys. Greg Rousseau was awesome. AJ Epinesa was awesome. Jordan Phillips, again, awesome. So Von Miller might not give you the stats every week, but his presence alone is a game changer for this defense. I couldn't agree more. And he... and. The pocket does collapse a lot easier when Von Miller is out there. It it definitely helps. It definitely helps ease the burden on when we on this situation when we have a banged up defensive line. Von Miller can really make up for a lot of that and give a lot of opportunities to other people, which is fine. If his role is just giving other teammates opportunities, then he's worth his weight in gold. Then that contract is worth it. So yeah, Every penny. loving loving seeing the Von Miller effect. And terrific guy. And he went to Jordan Poyer's shoe Shoe release. release. So Jordan Poyer apparently has shoes. (laughs) Yes. And Von Miller is uh, supporting that. Yeah, no, good to see him support his his fellow teammates, even though they're new teammates for him. Good to see him getting in the community, involved in the community, of course. I think it was at a local shop, this, this shoe release from the JP21 line. Also, good to see him interacting with the fans. Uh, there was a great clip of Von Miller before the game, interacting, signing autographs with kids, taking selfies. And a kid was just like in amazement that Von Miller was real. It's like, you're really him. <laughs> it's it's cool. It's always cool to have superstar caliber players making a positive impact on your team. Like Von Miller is positive impact in your community. Like he is, like Josh Allen is, of course. Like all this, this Bills team is just really top to bottom. Player one through the last guy in the practice squad just so ingratiated themselves to the city and become a part of this culture. It, it's it's just amazing. I, I cannot discredit that effect on this fan base and what it's had and what it's done. Because if, if any fan base deserves that, to have their players be part of the community and be so charismatic and so likable and so effective, it's, it's this fan base, right? So yeah, I'm Von Miller. Glad to have him. <laughs> Glad to have the old fella. Moving back, linebackers. Nobody really had a bad game, so everyone is trending up or whatever. Even Tremaine Edmonds made some plays. He even made some plays that I didn't like, like almost decapitating uh-huh. Jackson, unfortunately, which was extremely scary. I was there live for the Kevin Everett game. I think you were too, right, Tony? I was not there for the Kevin Everett game. You were not there. I was there. One of the scariest scenes. I've ever witnessed in a football game. It just went from pure cheering because Kevin Everett made a tackle and good special teams play to literally in an instant dead silence. And it was surreal and it was weird. I don't know if it was the same. You were there, obviously. I don't know if it was the same for the Dame Jackson injury, but uh, it was scary. His 
the way his head bent because of Tremaine Edmonds hit and not that it's Tremaine's fault. He's trying to make a play, obviously, but scary scene. But other than that, Tremaine Edmonds making plays, Matt Milano was a man possessed. <laughs> That's who I kind of want Tremaine to be on a, on a week in a week out basis. Just a guy who's all over the field, making plays, having an impact down after down. And Tremaine, for the most part, did his job this week, and he did a really good job. And I would give credit where credit's due, despite us speaking negatively of him, typically on this podcast. But who's us? I'm a main defender. You're a main savage guy. I'm, I'm in the yeah, main okay. state militia because I'm defending me. <laughs> you are defending me. Okay, me solo, but linebacker's really good. Let's talk about those rookie cornerbacks, though, Tony. Kyrie hey. Elam obviously came in for Dane Jackson played extremely well. Everything Bill's Mafia was worried about. I think we're going to be okay. Like I mentioned, I think Kyrie Williams, an athletic kid. He's a smart kid. He's going to be just fine. And I think this was the perfect game for those two guys, Bedford and Elam, to get their reps in. The Tennessee Titans do not pose a very scary passing threat. Skilled receivers on their depth chart. Robert Woods loved Bobby Trees. Loved his time as a Bill, but he's on the wrong side of 30 now career winding down a little coming off a of Super Bowl. So I can't imagine he's super motivated. Traylon Burks, I don't think is a first round worthy rookie, but this was the game to get their reps in. This was the game because they have a huge task this upcoming week. Tony, how impressed were you with the, the two rookie cornerbacks? Well, we held them to seven points and they only scored in the first on the first drive. So how could yes. I not be impressed that they could never get anything going? How could I not be impressed? I mean, we only had, I think, two sacks, right? So to me, I look at that relationship yep. between sacks and pressures and the cornerbacks because the cornerbacks can cause the pass rush to have more time to do their job and thusly get their job done, and then vice versa. The pass rush also helps the cornerbacks to defend easier balls to make plays. So they did it. They got it done. I know and I'm sure some of that is because they're being a little bit more extra supported from Poyer and Hyde. Am I concerned about the Hyde situation as a result of that? Of course I am. But here now, Elam has a very high ceiling. And so I'm glad where he is now. And I can't wait to see where it goes. Because like that would just be insane if you look at this thing a couple years down the road and it's like we have two Trey White on the team. That would be crazy. And then also Christian Benford is showing why he has Real deal. more power than – than we might have even anticipated. Oh. Should we grunt after every time we say, yeah, I was going to say, should we grunt every time we say his name? I was trying to think of uh, like something else that Tim Allen says on Tool Time or on Home Improvement. I got nothing. So yes, we should. Christian Bedford. <laughs> really oh, you, know what I, you know what she said? I should have said. Say it now. I don't, I don't think so, Matt. Goodness. Um... <laughs> okay. Because Al always used to say, I don't think so, Tim. When Tim Allen oh, would say yeah. something. <laughs> okay. It's, it's Richard mad. Karn. Yeah. Of course, yeah. The great Family Richard Feud's Karn. finest. Family Feud's finest host. Who would have thought a six-round rookie from Villanova would be making this kind of impact for a Super Bowl favorite team? Not I. Many people out there probably didn't even know Villanova had a football team, let alone there's yeah. a super good diamond-in-the-rough cornerback out there playing for them. And and sometimes this, these things happen, right? Khalil Mack with UB. Like sometimes these elites, and I'm not calling Christian Bedford elite by any means. Khalil Mack is. But sometimes these uh, elite uh, players uh, uh, uh. just 
fall. <laughs> Sometimes these players just fall through the cracks of the collegiate scouting system and they end up at UB or Villanova. And we're the beneficiaries of it because our scouting department is good and we see something. Christian Bedford is <laughs> is everything. <laughs> I like this grunting, but this is this is going to carry Me on. too. We're continuing yeah, of course. this. He is everything I wanted Michael Jasper to be. Small school, unknown guy, diamond in the rough, tons of potential. This is what I expected from Michael Jasper. Still love you, Michael Jasper. Still believe in you. No matter what you're doing right now, getting weight at a grocery grain weight scale. I don't know. But Christian Bedford is impactful. He is solid. It's a good problem to have. And when Trey White comes back, I don't know what they're going to do, honestly, Tony. Like, Trey White's going to go in the lineup. He's an all-pro cornerback. What do you do uh, across from him? Is it just, is it like the defensive line? Is it a rotation? Is it a rotation of three guys, of Dane Jackson, Bedford, and Kyrie Elam? I don't know. Again, good problem to have. It'll be interesting to see what McDermott and Frazier do. I anticipate that it will be that kind of rotation. But I can't help but think, with every success of Christian Benford's, it just makes you think about another, oh, Christian Benford. It just helps me to remember, like, or think about, man, what could Wild Goose have been? Another oh, yes. late round corner taken, taken before his time. What could Wild Goose have been? Ah, oh, we'll never know. We'll never know. I don't think he's in the league anymore, is he? Oh, he must be. We would have him if he wasn't. He would be I on our so. practice squad, I think. Oh, he's on the Commanders. Good. Oh. Good for him. Yeah. The Commanders got a good thing going over there. Yeah, they're on the up and up, especially with Wild yeah. Goose in the mix now. But the face of the Commanders. If you, were, if, if you were to give an MVP this game to anybody on the defensive side of the ball, who would you give it to? Uh, You know, my mind wants to say it's a co-MVP situation between Elam and Benford. Oh, wow, 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 wow. But in my bones, I'm like, should you give it to Matt Milano? Are you supposed to give it to Matt Milano in this situation? If it was a Super Bowl MVP situation, would you give it to Matt Milano? I think I kind of think yes. Yeah. So so maybe maybe one of those. But part of me also wants to think like Jordan Phillips. I mean, he was bringing it. He was bringing the pressure. They were shutting down the likes of only Derrick Henry. So part of me wants to think like he was invaluable too. What what a good problem. Again, a good problem to have. Bean has done an incredible job of building the depth on this team to have guys like a Jordan Phillips, like a Kyrie Elam. I mean, Mm. Dane Jackson, Jaquan Johnson, just guys that just can plug in and just not miss a beat, even on the offensive side of the ball. Mentioned Jake Kumaro, you know, only two catches, but two big catches for 50 yards, one on a huge bomb for a, 36 or so yards, but just to have guys come in and you don't have to change the game plan or schematically, you don't have to change much or alter much. So you can come in, plug and play and not miss a beat is, is incredible. And, and I say that because look where we've been, Tony. I feel like we're playing the game show like this is your life. The, the drought era was just like none of this it is surreal how far this team has come. This organization has come from those 18 or so years, whatever it ended up being. I don't even want to remember of the drought era where we were begging to have a superstar player, let alone a whole roster full of them. <laughs> you know, Terry mm-hmm. Johnson's the best nickel in the game. We have the two best safeties. We have the best quarterback. We have the best receiver. 
We have one of the top pass rushers in the league. One of the best young pass rushers in the league. <laughs> like We would kill for one of those scenarios to play out in the drought era. Now we have dozen. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. We have the best O-line coach in the league. Right. We have best maybe the best linebacker in the league. league. Best cover. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Best GM in the league. Um, <laughs> that is true. I mean, it is. We I do. It's executive it of the is, year. It is, it's surreal. Tony, any other thoughts about the game uh, before we wrap it up here? Things to learn from. Things to clean up. The fact that we're going to clean things up and be better going into next week and be healthier, ideally, hopefully, going into next week. Whew. Dolphins are on notice. Yeah. How are you, how are you feeling going to the Dolphins game real quick? You, obviously, you've got to feel good, but are you concerned at all? Yes, I do think this will be the toughest opponent so far. Oh, yeah, I do too, yeah. If they can get to Tua and shut down those receivers, Miami doesn't really have any threats outside of Waddle and Hill at this point. Their top right. rusher is Raheem Mostert, who averages 30 yards a game as a running back. Their mm-hmm. next best receiving threat, according to the stats, is Chase Edmonds, who is a backup running back who has five catches. Hill and Waddle both have over 240. So that delta is, that difference is insane. So I think it's pretty easy. Get to Tua, force him to think and get happy feet, force him out of the pocket or make him uncomfortable and keep those receivers in front of you and make tackles. Tackle, no yak, just be sure tackling, mm-hmm. which they have been. That, that's been, again, like I said last week, I'm going to reiterate, that's been the biggest surprise of this defense is the shortness of their tackling. Benford made a <laughs> Benford made a great play on a Derrick Henry sweep, shedding a block, keeping him contained on the inside, making the tackle on the sideline. That was an unrookie-like play, and those are the plays the whole defense has been making. Tremaine Edmonds, week one, open field tackling, Cooper Cup. Again, not a lot of bad things to say. This is going to be their toughest test. Uh, I still like their chances because they're just a juggernaut. Like Ken Dorsey is just going to say, F it. We're going to put up 35 points a game. Uh, if this is a hundred meter dash, we're Usain Bolt and you need to find a way to beat us. Like <laughs> that, that's, that's what it is. Like, and with the bills defense playing the way they are, it's going to be tough for teams to keep up that that's my opinion. I let's not go too much further without acknowledging or giving a, you know, shouting out praise to um, the person who's making sure that the death is accounted for, that the schemes are the most effective. And that's Leslie Frazier. Like I think Leslie Frazier is really the one who's really showing up with this, that the defense looks different, faces adversity every week. Things have to be made up for and accounted for every week. And Leslie Frazier really took that challenge and brought it this week. And I always respected him, but I really have like a new level of respect for him now after that. Yeah, absolutely. And man deserves to be a head coach in the very near future. I hope I hope he doesn't get a job because I, I really like yeah. what he's done this year with his defense. It's kind of a catch-22, but he definitely deserves it. He's done fantastic. This whole team these past two weeks has been nothing but a joy to watch and really something, something special we're watching here, Tony. Um, but what do you say we wrap it up? Let's take a quick break, get a word from our sponsor, and we'll come back and I'll wrap up the episode. Great. We'll be back after the break. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. And we are back. 
Tony, before we close the episode, a parting gift for the listeners, something outside the sports world, music, movies, TV, books, anything not related to sports that we can suggest to the listeners for this episode. Tony, what are you, uh, what's your parting gift for the listeners this week? For my parting gift, I have to say I'm really enjoying the latest season of Cobra Kai. I thought last season kind of like took it astray a little too much. We're bringing it back. I'm excited about it. It's almost as though like we're wrapping up some things that started and I'm like, oh, okay. We like had the purpose of this. So I'm really enjoying the new season of Cobra Kai. And I'm disappointed that I feel like it's not really getting promoted as much as it has in years past. Cobra Kai is used to having a moment. This is just kind of being under the radar. So I'll do the promotion myself and I will leave you with that. I also have have to say, Matt, that in before we go back to Cobra Kai, I also yeah. have to say I do recommend the Bills towels that they give away. And actually, earlier in the episode, I said that it was a that the latest towel they gave us at the opener was a one family towel. It says "Choose Love" on it in oh. <laughs> in keeping with the theme of of Bruce's uh, Bruce's it. speech. It says "Choose Love" on it. Yes, I will. But if you're looking for a dry erase eraser. Man, nothing beats those towels. Those towels are the best <laughs> to erase dry erase. It's unbelievable. Exactly what their purpose it's was. It's unbelievable. Uh, I know. I, I, truly I've is. heard nothing but great things about Cobra Kai. So much so that I've never seen an episode of it. Oh, it's good. It's pretty. It's I good know. and it's fun. I know. I just, I was never like a huge Karate Kid fan growing up. I Me mean, either. I I've only for, seen the one. I mean, yeah, I've only seen the first one and... It was fine. Nostalgic purposes, it's fine. I just wasn't like super into it where I'm just like, man, I got to check out Cobra Kai. But I heard it's great. So it's not even in my queue. I have like everything in my queue. <laughs> that, that's how it's much guy I over here. don't have interest in Cobra Kai. But I, I probably will one day. I'll just turn around and say like, yeah, I'll watch that. I heard all the old character like other than Mr. Miyagi because I don't believe he's alive anymore. But like Ralph Macchio's in it. Who's the... Who's the bad guy? Billy Zabka. Billy Zabka. Is that's that right. What you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Billy William Zabka. Zabka now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah he's wow. the star. How much? He's the protagonist. That's kind of a cool twist. Check it yeah. out. Listeners, you should check it out too. If you haven't already, which I'm sure a lot of have. It's very popular. Tony, my parting gift for the listeners. Uh, this is an easy one for me because I have had nothing but fun on Twitter seeing these. And I'm going with Queen Elizabeth jokes. On oh, Twitter. okay. Uh-huh. Now what I thought uh, you were going to say. I thought you were going to say Adam Levine jokes. Oh, no. I yeah, I don't care for Adam Levine anyway. Man. So the, the Queen Elizabeth jokes. First of all, the woman's funeral wake, whatever, has gone on for two weeks too long. It's insane. It just ended wrapped up this week after 23 days, I guess, of, of mourning. But Twitter... These these events are why the internet was born. Like Twitter was coming strong with the Queen Elizabeth jokes. One of my favorite ones was a video of a, a ninety plus year old lady skydiving with the tagline "When the Queen wins in the Gulag." <laughs> Call of Duty reference. Very much enjoyed that. I thought it was very funny. I saw another one where there was a old grandma playing one on one basketball against her young grandson. Then the grandson like crossover dribbles and crosses her up and the old lady falls back. <laughs> and the tweet said when when Queen Elizabeth meets Kobe in heaven. <laughs> I I just I've got I gotten so many laughs out of there's a bunch of, of 
like uh from i don't know some show so real housewives show where it's like one of the housewives is super excited to like enter a room and gets the door like shut on her and Twitter comes with like when Princess Diana sees. Yes, Elizabeth. that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving the Princess Di ones. Yeah. And then I'm Twitter like, you has, think Princess Di has and the Queen went to the same point. place? <laughs> right. Exactly. Twitter has been on point with the Queen Elizabeth joke, so I I do have to give credit where credit is due. It's a sad event, but we find some light in the darkness on Twitter, I guess, which isn't usually <laughs> the case on social media. Those are our parting gifts. Tony, let's wrap up the episode. Thank you to our sponsor, as always, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozie starting at just $5. Shop local, support local, travelinggrowler.com. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere you're finding podcasts. I also do for free on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Search Built in Buffalo. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Spotify, iTunes. If you like us, subscribe. Leave us a review. Show us some love. Show Built in Buffalo some love. Great shows every single day, as we always mention. iTunes, Spotify, witty, not funny sports for your listening ears, for your listening pleasure. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search witty, not funny, all one word. Check out all the designs in there. Awesome, awesome apparel, T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, long sleeves, anything you're looking for. Bunch of cool designs. Be the talk of your next tailgate, your next watch party with a witty, not funny piece of clothing uh also bibfanshop.com built in buffalo's store find some of our designs there as well but all of them are at teespring.com search way not funny all one word tony where can the listeners find you on twitter you can find me on twitter uh by searching at tony ambrose and then it's the picture of the young looking gentleman in the bucket hat Yes, rocking the bucket hat. Unless I change it, who knows? Who knows? You probably won't because you haven't changed it in like 20 years. Correct. Uh, At least the pre-pandemic picture. Uh, Yeah, well, at least by a wide margin. Uh, You can find the podcast on Twitter at WoodySports716. Also on Instagram at that same handle at WoodySports716. Give us a follow. We love following back. We love connecting with the Bills Mafia, Saber Source people, Buffalo sports community out there. And for all those listeners who have listened to the show or first time listeners, thank you. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? Squish the fish. Squish we'll see the you next fish. week, listeners. <laughs> Go Bills. Just win. Win, baby, win. L. Davis. Just win, baby. Uh, that's all I got. And as of course, pray for Micah Hyde. Pray for Micah Hyde that he plays his neck. That second opinion yes. comes through real well. That's all I got. Except stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Moshon is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a problem. It builds a problem. 
It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.